Welcome to the Wiki Voices podcast about controversial articles. We are here with Tim Vickers, Phil Skartel, Darova, Raul Six Fifty Four, Imperfectly Informed, and Nancy Heiza, and we're going to have a roundtable about what it's like to edit controversial articles and how we can solve some of the problems associated with them. If we could have everyone introduce themselves and um, describe a little bit about the controversies that they've been involved in. Tim, why don't you go first? Okay, I'm Tim Vickers. I've been editing Wiki since 2006, as main admin in 2007. Uh, my major contributions are probably science-based articles like DNA, enzyme, bacteria. But I've also done quite a lot of stuff on controversial topics, whereas progress is harder <laughs> there. So uh, none of these have made... Um, only one has made FA. Um Alternative medicine, I've worked on homeopathy, orthomolecular medicine, and chiropractic articles. There, the main bone of contention is, do they work? Uh, are they dangerous? That kind of stuff. Um, are, is suppressing them part of a, <laughs> part of a medical conspiracy? Um, in science and medicine, I've worked on animal testing, which is obviously controversial. Uh, things like AIDS denialism and uh, various ideas about, uh, odd ideas about how AIDS came about. Um, there's interesting controversy around Lyme disease, where some people believe that the bacteria will stay in your body for long periods of time, and you have a, a split in the, um, in the medical community about whether or not you should give people long-term treatment. That's, a, that's an entirely scientific uh, and patient advocacy uh, controversy. And I've also worked on the article on evolution for quite a long time. That was the, the one controversial article that I've got to FA. And getting that to FA was probably an, mostly mostly uh, an exercise in, in dealing with the controversy and uh, finding ways to work around the controversy. So that's me. Phil, you want to go next? Yeah, I'm user Phil. I've been on Wikipedia for a couple of years. I, I work in all kinds of areas, but in controversial articles, I started out actually working on the Black People article, which was extremely difficult since there were so many different definitions of what a black person was, and I couldn't actually even get them to agree that they had different definitions. All they wanted to do was fight with each other, so I gave up on that one after a while. It's just too frustrating. And then I moved on to the evolution article and from there into the suite of creationism and intelligent design articles, probably what I'm best known for in the controversial article realm. And then also a little bit of dabbling in the, in the um, alternative medicine area with homeopathy and chiropractic a little bit. I would say for intelligent design, the or in, in fact in many of these controversial articles, the biggest problem people have is they believe NPOV or neutral point of view means no criticism. And so they believe that the proponents of some fringe view, um, their view should be dominant in the article or even the exclusive view in the article. There should be no mainstream views whatsoever from mainstream academia or, or any other source. And they should be allowed to just present their ideas and and claim them 
to be uh, completely uh, true without without any uh, contradictory um, uh, reference to any contradictory information whatsoever. Now, I also, after spending a long time on these, uh, I've uh, also been working slowly behind the scenes on a number of of uh, quantitative metrics for measuring the controversy level of different articles, the intensity of the controversy, um, and how much um, uh, what the contribution of each different editor is uh, towards building the article or or um, or dealing with the controversial aspects, or maybe in fact uh, just uh, being a sort of a negative negative input on the article. And I've I've collected a fair amount of data and observations. The final thing I think I've done in the area is I realized after some conversations with Darova is that we have a, a real de uh, deficiency in education. Most people on Wikipedia don't really know uh, what a controversial article is and what the editing experience is like, and therefore I've, I've been developing a, a series of challenges. Uh, I first started to call them the AGF, or Assume Good Faith Challenges, but I, I broadened it to call them now the Wikipedia Challenges. And I tried to make them sort of not... Not uh, didn't identify any particular problem editors or problem articles exactly. I tried to make them more general, kind of humorous, fun to do, easy to do, so people in a, a very short period of time can try a few of the of the questions in in one of the exercises and get kind of a taste of of the kind of issues that arise in these controversial articles. So that's been my experience, uh, just sort of in a nutshell, with controversial articles. Jarova, would you like to go next? Hi, I'm Dorofa, and I have no idea why anybody would want me to be a discussion, part of a discussion about controversy. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. No, seriously, I was starting out uh, about three years ago. Um, the first article I edited was a, a biography. Um, somebody who had been dead for almost 500 years, but was nonetheless controversial. Joan of Arc, and I don't mean to say that it was inhabited by trolls, but um, of the people I was interacting with there, one has been sen since been site banned, another one has since been indefinitely blocked. Um, I, I had months of conversations that I really thought were patently ridiculous and were very frustrating, and I didn't want other editors to have uh, an experience like mine was when I was unknown and, and couldn't get the attention, serious attention of any administrators when I saw what looked like conduct problems. Uh, so I got into dispute resolution um, and uh, wound up more or less because of the kinds of volunteer work I was doing, taking a series of cases to arbitration when nothing else worked. Usually I would try to do other things. Uh, currently, I am mentoring the participants in the Israeli-Palestinian disputes, and I was approached the other day about possibly um, mentoring one of the editors in uh, an Eastern European dispute that is now being arbitrated uh, and moving toward closure. Thank you. Uh, Raul654, would you like to go next? Sure. Um, my name is Raul654. In real life, it's Mark, um, in case that comes up. Uh, I am the featured article director. The featured articles you see on the main page and kind of control that process. And I have, in my time editing Wikipedia, I uh, I participate on intelligent design and evolution-related articles. 
global warming related articles and dabble a bit in 9-11 related articles. Um, I also spent three years as an arbitrator, so and I'm kind of prominent on the site, so I tend to get involuntarily sucked into other conflicts. Okay, and I'm perfectly informed. Okay, um, I work, um, my former username was Optimus Ben, so my name's Ben, and I work mainly in um, agriculture, medicine, and economics articles, and I actually started on a, on a, um, a really kind of a dumb, controversial subject. It was Erin Burnett from CNBC, and she was saying that, um, you know, we got to worry when China imposes more regulations because it'll bring costs up and something like, you know, toxic things in our foods make it easy, make it, make us food cheaper or something like that. I don't know. And uh, it was really, you know, it was a huge thing. And, and eventually we ended up putting in the information and everybody was, and this one guy was saying we were, you know, violating biography of living persons. Maybe we were, I don't know. <laughs> but um, also from there I went to, mainly worked with, um, on the organic farming article for a few months. I started back in 2007, August or something, and then I worked on, and then I ended up going to orthomolecular medicine, and I worked with Tim for a little while on that article. And, um, you know, I, I'm probably unique among this crowd in that I work more from a um, the fringe point of view, the anti-science point of view, some people would say, although I tend to rely pretty heavily on scientific journals, and I have, you know, access to a couple libraries, um, academic libraries, so I'm able to get quite a few articles, that, where, whereas most of the people in the fringe can't get, can't access that many articles or aren't really that interested in it. <clears throat> um, I've also worked in um, water fluoridation, opposition to water fluoridation, um, alternative medicine, not much of the homeopathy stuff. There's various controversies that arise in e economics articles. Um, I sort of discussed the Waterfield car for a little while. Um, a dental amalgam controversy. I've spent quite a, quite a bit of time on that. And, um, you know, I, I, t I tend to, my, my goal is to sort of get it more into the environmental health articles and try to clean those up quite a bit more. But, you know, I'm, like everybody, you know, you think about something and you put it off forever. So um, that's probably it. I have also, you know, I worked on, on McDowell and Laytrial, Laytrial, added some interesting stuff on that, um, and uh, you know a lot of other stuff in relate in relating to medicine. So, yep. Thank you. And um, our last um, panel member is um, Nancy Heise. Hello, my name is Nancy Heise. It's um, you pronounce it a long E, but I'm sure you, we won't be talking face-to-face, -face, so uh, it doesn't matter. Um, I got started about a year ago, a little over a year, August 2007, and I started editing um, Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Miami, which, um, which went to featured article. Um, I had really nice help from... Uh, a really nice Wikipedia editor named Ariel Gold. Uh, I even put her name on my user page because she was so helpful in teaching me how to edit. And um, anyway, 
after Roman Catholic Archdiocese in Miami, um, I started editing Roman Catholic Church um, just because it was such a mess. I couldn't believe the, you know, uh, the stuff was that was on it or that was not on it. And um, so it was really a learning experience for me doing Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Miami because there were a lot of things I didn't know about Wikipedia that I did learn through trying through the process of trying to get it through FAC. Um, I don't think that it was FAC quality, the first two FACs that I tried for, but if I didn't put it up for FAC, I don't think it would have gotten the attention that it needed in order to eventually become a, fa a featured article. And I, I do think it is featured article article quality now um, there is some tweaking that we need to do and we're going to have another peer review uh, to try to address those issues but um, the fact process for me has really um, brought the attention that was needed to the article and it also educated not just me but a lot of the people who were reviewers of the article um, I was surprised that a lot of people reviewing the article did not know or they were surprised at some of the facts in Roman Catholic Church, and there were long arguments about things like, you know, did Jesus found a church? And people were surprised when I came up with sources from historians that, you know, the historians believed that Jesus founded a church, and everyone, you know, thought that was POV in the beginning, but, you know, um, that's where the uh, Wikipedia policies were key and um, it was really helpful to me in um, getting through some of the controversy by uh, pointing people or myself to well what's the Wikipedia policy on this say for instance Wikipedia reliable source examples was a very invaluable page because a lot of people came through and said well this is not a good source or this is not a good source but um, I could just point to Wikipedia reliable sources examples and say, well, you know, okay, university textbook is a really good source, so that's what we eventually ended up putting most of our reliance on. Um, uh, and and we also, in order to avoid being seen as um, POV, pro-Catholic, uh, we heavily relied on an author who was really seen as being uh, a non-pro-Catholic POV. Uh, his name's Eamon Duffy, and we used his book for a, a lot of sites in the history section, um, just in our effort to try and get people to see that, you know, we're not trying to build something POV. We just want to put facts on a page. And um, it's been very difficult uh, for me, I guess. My main problem is people continuing to see POV in the article where I just see facts on a page. And uh, there's been some people who have helped me uh, see ways that I could rephrase certain sentences, uh, which was helpful in the last fact, and we're going to try to do more of that. Can I interrupt you there for a second? Yes. Just for my own sanity, can we, for the love of God, please call it bias and not POV or NPOV? Just, just okay, make. sorry. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. Bias. I, I'm sorry. That that's actually my personal pet peeve is 
people use the word pav when I mean for for as as an as a synonym for bias when uh right. uh when bias really should be the right word that everyone uses. Maybe this is a good time to, to to thank everyone for introducing themselves and giving us that outline of what kinds of controversies people are experiencing on Wikipedia. And start with the first question um, about what actually makes an article a controversial topic. Um, and you know, throw some ideas out there. Is it the fact, for example, that people are edit warring? Is it the fact that there's lots of vandalism? Is it the fact that people don't agree on the policies? What is it that's cr that creates this kind of controversy on some articles, but not on others? Well, I'll give you something to start with. That what I did was I, when I was fooling around looking at quantitative measures, I started looking to see what simple statistics we had available. Uh, for each article, and I quickly realized that the ones that seemed to be uh, much more contentious to try to edit, like evolution and intelligent design and creationism and so on, had a much higher ratio of talk page edits to main space edits. So anything I would, I mean, if you've got, say, um, oh, I don't know, 10 main space edits for every talk page edit, it's not very controversial. If you've got one talk page edit for every main space edit, it's getting pretty controversial. If you've got two or three times as many uh, talk page edits as main space edits, probably that's an indicative of you being bogged down in huge arguments on the talk page and just basically uh, at um, loggerheads, uh, just um, a logjam basically on the main space or maybe the main space page just locked down because people are fighting so heavily. And so that was where I started. I mean, you can tweak that in lots of ways, but it was amazing to me when I went through I went through about sorry, 20 sorry examples, and they were yeah, beautiful. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Phil, but so you have this one one example we have is this this quantitative analysis, right? Of That's one example. Edits. Yes, and Jarova, you also had an answer. Well, if something is a contentious thing in real life, it's probably going to be contentious on, on Wikipedia, too. Palestinians and Israelis, they're not getting along very well in either place. And uh, a, a lot of the, let's say, nationalist and ethnic disputes, um, people will come in, they've learned certain things at, at home, at school, in whatever news sources and so forth are respected in their communities, and, and they come in very well informed about that point of view without necessarily being aware that it is one point of view um, among many and, and how strong the case may be for some of the others. Tim. Okay, so, yeah, you've got the real-life ones and you've got the um, uh, ones... You, you can cer certainly tell a controversial article when you step into it because the... It, it's constantly in flux. This is what it's like to edit them. It's constantly in flux, usually on just a couple of sentences. Almost always these sentences are in the lead. That's, this is the major point of conflict. And the talk page goes on forever, and everybody there has history. Uh, the things that make an article like that is when you have... Obviously, when you have two groups of people who have diametrically opposed ideas, um, for example, um, say AIDS denialism, where some people believe that HIV does not cause AIDS, other people think that HIV does cause AIDS. And 
there's no way you can get around that in any way which is um, apart from slogging through the controversy. It's when you have the two groups fighting it out like that, then you have all of these things coming up. And that's when you have your your worst ones. I don't think you ever have ones where you have more than two groups. I've never come across a three-way um, controversial article, but I, I'm sure an example would exist. A scartle. Yeah, I think there's also a sense in which um, controversy comes about sometimes because people feel like their point of view, their pers- their particular perspective isn't being acknowledged at all. And I think obviously the Wikipedia articles have to be, uh, have a neutral point of view. But of course, as we all know, that doesn't necessarily mean that we completely avoid uh, mention of, you know, particular viewpoints, particular opinions about things. And um, so, for instance, I worked on the uh, article for, I helped to copy edit and then became more involved in the editing process of um, the article about, um, Yasser Arafat. And it felt like, you know, there was a, I was amazed at how little controversy actually that there was about the article because I think the editors made a conscious decision, especially the one who was really pushing it forward, um, made a conscious decision to really try to cover all aspects and do it in an open and honest way. And, and really, you know, they sought out, you know, perspectives from people in the WP Israel project and everything. And I think that that, you know, that sometimes people get a bug in their bonnet if they feel like, you know, something they think is important isn't being addressed or they feel like they have to be strident about it in order to get that included, um, and that can be one source of controversy. Raul? Um, well, it's just, I, first I want to say that I very strongly agree with Tim's characterization of the problem, that you usually do end up with, uh, with articles you know, where, where you have people violently disagreeing over one or two or three sentences, usually prominent ones, um, uh, in terms of in terms of the causes, um, there are there are a few examples where it has occurred as a result of of essentially on wiki issues. Uh, Gdansk is a perfect example, um, but many of the of the controversial issues on Wikipedia are controversial because they're controversial in real life too. Well, um, but I, what was with Gdansk controversy? Oh. Um, well, that was that, that's not so much now, but especially when when I was newer, um, 2003, 2004, maybe maybe even in 2005, there were violent you know disagreements over what to call that particular city. The Germans wanted to call it Danzig, and the Poles wanted to call it Gdansk. And this is a city with which has gone back and forth between the two um, often over the last you know you know six or eight centuries. So they. Uh, both could make, you know, fairly compelling historical cases. Um, so that was, I mean, it got to the point where there were so many edit wars that we just we jokingly referred to the it as Gdansk Zig. That that you know they would there were so many revert wars over what to call that city. Um, but I, I think that's that's more of a minority. That many of the the controversial articles that we have are are controversial because they're controversial in real life. And um, just following up on what Tim said earlier, um, the only I, the only example I can think of of a of a more than two way um, kind of controversy was on the nine eleven article where or the nine eleven conspiracy theories articles where you have um, the conspiracy theorists disagreeing with each other over oh was the Pentagon hit by a missile or was it hit by a plane and they're see- and they're really holding the video so they can discredit the conspiracy theorists and 
And, um, yeah, so they disagree with each other, and they disagree with what I will call the mainstream camp. Imperfectly informed. Find out how to take off my mute. Um, yeah, so I just said on the chat thing that I disagree with Tim on whether there's more than two, two sides in a controversy. And I think there's often more than two sides. I mean, it's actually kind of unusual where you find that there is the third side, but it, it occurs, and it's the neutral side, because you have two sides that are very strongly opinioned, usually. So you have, you know, in the 9-11 truth movement, you have the people who are very strongly into it, and the people who think it's complete nonsense who want to just put whatever they can to discredit it. And then you have the people in between who say, well, this is the evidence that these guys have got, and this is the evidence the other people have got. And um, we're going to put them both in there. We're going to give them a proper weight. And then um, we're going to work it out the way that it should be worked out. And uh, that's the actual solution to controversial articles. It doesn't happen as often as you'd like. But um, that's my comment on that. Raul, I think you had a response to that. Yeah, um, I actually very strongly disagree with that comment. Um, and, it's, it's, and, and this is the reason why. Um, there, there are people who have evidence on their side, like, and uh, at the risk of pointing out one example of this, the evolution-creationism controversy. You know, all this, you know, you have all the scientists on one side, and you have pretty much a bunch of people who are coming up with an intellectual hoax on the other side, um, and and they would have us say, oh, well, the neutral side is halfway in between, and I don't think that that's the right way of doing it. I think our job is to present the evidence, and I think when you do that, one, you know, oftentimes in these cases, one side is clearly right, and one side is clearly not. Tim? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. It's the, the neutral point of view is, is the mainstream view, and this comes back to what uh, Phil was saying about uh, articles wanting a sympathetic point of view. People take it very badly if, if an article is overwhelmingly critical of an idea. If, for example, um, the, the article about the idea that AIDS was introduced into, um, into Africa by, through an oral polio vaccine, that's pretty much an idea which has been dismissed now in in the mainstream. But people are very unhappy with having the article say that because they say, no, no, we've got to take a neutral point on this. Got to take an, a, a stance in between the two extremes. And yeah, some, sometimes it is true that, yes, you've got to take a stance in between the two extremes. But other times our policies say that we've got to save this wrong. Jerova, I think you had an opinion on this. Well, I th what, what can happen is that at controversial articles, a lot of people can be good editors, except that they've got a hot button somewhere. And a big question between who becomes a respected member of a community and, and an administrator, and who gets known as an edit warrior and, and eventually gets sanctions of some sort, is whether they go and edit in their hot button area. Now, I've got an outright confession to make. I've, I make no secrets of this. 9-11, I don't go anywhere near it. I had family in the building on a very high floor. Fortunately, he got out alive. At, um, I joined the Navy and went to war afterward. I can't be neutral on that, and I know it. And I leave that to other people. There are plenty of other people to edit that article. 
um, and, and that topic. But uh, some people might be equally passionate about something that gets less attention. And, and they begin to think that if they don't edit there, then who will? And uh, it can get people into a lot of hot water to go that close to something that uh, carries a lot of emotional weight. Phil, I think you wanted to say something? Yeah, I was going to say that, uh, that in some of the areas where I know quite a bit, uh, I try to avoid them just uh, for that very reason, because it's so distasteful. It's, it's less painful for me to be involved in a controversy in an article in an area in which I'm not personally directly involved. Uh, so, so things that I might debate in, in other circumstances, in real life, in politics or religion or scientific issues, which I, I'm involved in various debates, uh, I avoid those like crazy on Wikipedia. I, I get involved in debates which I can kind of maintain a little distance from. I can not only learn something, but I, it's less upsetting for me to engage in it. Another thing I would like to point out, which we haven't touched on, is there's a very special part of controversial articles dealing with the biographies of living people, BLPs. And they are a very special category of uh, um, controversial articles. I don't know how much we could say about them here, but uh, they are different than others because they can be quite nasty, quite controversial, and very sensitive because there are actually people involved. And this can have a substantial effect on these people's lives. Maybe a whole podcast on biographies of living people. Is, Good idea. Is order. Yes. Um, I think, Raul, you're next. Yes. Um, I just wanted to make two points. First of all, I used to joke that the least controversial articles on Wikipedia, does anyone want to take a guess what I, what I would say they were? Nostradamus. I guess. No, I would say, I would have said the botany articles, least controversial articles on Wikipedia. I never saw any kind of disagreement on any of them until I saw an actual edit war on one and then my theory was crushed. Uh, that um, uh, even, even people will find things to disagree about when writing about plants, which was kind of surprising. The second point I wanted to get at is, um, and this kind of goes to the larger issue, is that there is no, there is no magic formula for what some Wikipedia article is supposed to contain. Um, and, and that actually is the reason why we get so many arguments, because somebody says, oh, I think this article should talk about this, and then somebody else comes in and says, no, 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 I think it should talk about that, and so whatever somebody says, it tends to contain whatever the authors uh, say it should contain. And if one of them is, you know, if one of them has, has uh, wants to put a particular spin into the article, wants to wants to push it in a certain direction, then they tend to include material that pushes it in that direction. Um, and and I think because of this, uh, this you know, people say, oh, you know, you have people that are arguing that, um, oh no, the article shouldn't talk about this at all. So say for um, let me see if I can think of a really good example for ah, age of the earth perfect example um, people you, you get you get you know young earth creationists coming in there saying oh this you know we should talk about the controversy of the age of the earth and there are people who are saying it's four thousand years old um, is that really worth discussing in an age of the earth article uh, you know is that something that should be confined just to the creation creationism articles and that's and it's issues like that that are the basis for many of the many of the controversies that we end up seeing I think this is a good segue into starting to talk about what are the specific kinds of problems that come up in these articles and what kinds of solutions we can offer 
Um, I mean, earlier, I think in the introductions that people were giving, we were getting ideas about point of view. I'm sorry, bias, Raul. <laughs> bias in the articles, um, sources uh, being a particular issue, balance being a particular issue. So maybe we can start to uh, delve into those issues and explain to our listeners why those become um, such a problem and what solutions we found for those. I would like to say something, but I'm not sure how to flag you. Just go ahead, and I think we're it's okay. I'm going to give you the floor. Thanks. Um, I found that it's easy for a controversial article talk page to turn into a blog argument, and the way that I was able to avoid that was making people realize that matter what your personal opinion is of this subject. It, all that matters is what scholars say about the subject. So you may be an expert in Roman Catholic Church history, but that doesn't help me. I need a reference and a source. Otherwise, I can't put anything into the article. And that just seems to help sweep away, you know, the bloggers. Um, Wikipedia Reliable Source Examples uh, when it says to use university textbooks, that was probably the most helpful thing in um, addressing PO, uh, bias issues because uh, it seems that it's accepted by everyone that if it's in a university textbook, this is the mainstream view. So it was extremely helpful to use university textbooks when creating the history section of, uh, and the beliefs uh, of the um, of the Roman Catholic Church article. And I'm only speaking for this own this article because I'm I don't have all the experience that you guys have in multiple controversial articles. That's all I have to say. Thanks, Tim. Yep. Um, sources are very important, but the the best way uh, and the worst case scenario of dealing with a uh, uh, controversial article is to delete it. Uh, that's, that happens more often than you'd think. Because if you have something which is of marginal notability or it has BLP concerns and it's controversial, that tips the balance in a lot of cases. And people say, this, is, this isn't worth our time. And it's, I, I think this is like an unstated uh, part of uh, uh, deletion, um, uh, deletion policy in that if people look at, this, look at the article, say it, it's not really that important, this will take everybody's time and this will be a nightmare, then often they get deleted. Um, obviously, in the, the high-profile ones, that doesn't happen. Um, then you've got to try to deal with the two sides. And one, one thing which can be useful is to semi-protect the article. Uh, that deals with things like um, sock puppeting and lots of uh, new editors flooding in, in from requests in forums. We see that sometimes on... Uh, especially with patients' advocacy. They say, look, look at this terrible article, what it says about X condition. Come and change it so that it says uh, what we believe. And then you suddenly get an influx, and 
the, the delicate balance people have been tra- walking along and trying to improve for a while goes all to hell. Um, full protection really is very little use in long term. Um, yeah, if you've got a raging edit war, full protection is useful, but take it away after a week and one week later it's back to where you were. I, I've never really seen a dispute being solved by protection. Something I do use quite often is that people are talking about the talk pages becoming long blog wrangles, uh, ranging generally over everything. If you take out the sections which are particularly difficult for people and put them in sandboxes or quotation uh, boxes on the talk page, and try to don't focus the discussion into, well, what sources are we using for this sentence, this paragraph? How should we write this paragraph? Instead of people then ranging over the entire subject, they sometimes, not always, sometimes then get into writing the article. That can be useful. So that's, that's a positive suggestion. Phil. Okay, very good. Oh, I, I was waiting to see if Tim was going to mention one of his innovations, but I'll mention it here, uh, which I noticed. So I've written a little small draft, which I've circulated to a number of people on ways in which we improved um, evolution, which was had a raging controversy at one point, and then it, it did calm down for a little while. We tried a number of things to calm it down. And here, I'll just run through the list a little bit of different things that were tried. So one of the first things we did, and I notice this is spread to many other articles as well, is we were answering the same question over and over again on the talk page. From one after another, they might have been sock puppets of each other. It's hard to know. Uh, The same questions would arise. So we created a frequently asked questions section on the talk page. And I notice Intelligent Design and a lot of other articles have also implemented a frequently asked questions. And the one on evolution has been rewritten a few times. And that's a, that's a place you can direct people to instead of arguing the same thing over and over again. Another thing we did, which was a lot of work because it, the archives were very, very long on the talk page, we organized the archives so people could very quickly direct someone to previous discussions of the matter a month ago, three months ago, six months ago, a year ago, and and uh, we organized it by topic rather than date and lumped them together. Although in some cases I notice they do both date and topic, and sometimes they'll just do one. So that helped a little bit. Uh, another thing we did, at least in evolution, we had a lot of arguments, not only just with um, people with a creationist perspective coming in or intelligent design perspective, we had problems where the article, even the lead, was aimed at too high a level. And so um, people who, who wanted it basically to be even a, a, a postgraduate level, you know, for doctoral students and beyond, and people who wanted it sort of, sort of for high school students and the general public, we, create, we spun off a second article, and that did help take the air out of a lot of those kind of arguments quite a bit. So we created Introduction to Evolution to bleed off some of that. And some people are unhappy. Some people don't like these introductory articles. I, I personally happen to like them. Um, the way I view it is, is Encyclopedia Britannica has six or seven different types of article. 
I had different levels ranging right from, I don't know, first or second grade right up through through college and graduate school level. And so we could easily, along with simple Wikipedia, even though it's only supposed to be simple language, a lot of times it's a simpler version of the topic, we could have at least, you know, three anyway, three different levels. Another thing we did was we took almost all of the material that was causing us to be attacked by trolls and and uh, various point-of-view warriors, as we call them, POV warriors, bias warriors, would you prefer, Raul? <laughs> anyway, we took most of that material and farmed it out into other articles and tried to write those articles better, just link them in and take most of the controversial stuff out of the main article, just bleed it dry of all that, uh, what we call troll bait, and farm it out into other articles. And that, that helped a little bit. Another thing, when things became very, very heated on the talk page, there is a clause or two in the policy um, that actually lets you um, delete or uh, userify uh, people's people's comments that are off topic or repetitive or whatever, and or or just even um, um, you know archive them in a little box, as Tim was mentioning. Uh, we started doing that, and that that'll work in some cases. Some cases it just makes them angrier, but sometimes that works, so you don't end up clogging the page. Another thing we started doing was there are a lot of other wikis, like conservative in this area, say of creationism and intelligent design and so on. We started directing people to Conservapedia, Research ID is another wiki, Creation Wiki, Credopedia, Iron Chariots, and so on. These are different type or wiki info. These are other kinds of wikis that have don't have the NPOV policy and so on so they can they might be uh, uh, feel more comfortable editing there and many of the people we directed away from our articles on Wikipedia went on to be administrators and very prominent in some of these other wikis which they just couldn't abide by our rules but they did great in these these wikis which were organized under other principles there are also people oh sorry I, I think we actually uh, Derova and imperfectly informed also have some Suggestions here? Okay. Yeah, I just well, I got a couple more, but a... oh, sure. I'll just finish this because I want to get to to Tim's brilliant masterpiece. The next thing we did was we started people that wanted to debate. We sent them off to places like Talk Origins, to, where there's a lot of debates going on. We try to point out we're not for debating. And then finally, when some some new vandalism started surfacing about a year ago. Uh, Tim decided he would try sort of an amateur version, and maybe he'll talk to us about it a little bit, an amateur version of flagged revisions, sort of on, on English Wikipedia, which they have on German Wikipedia. Uh, he would keep the main article locked and let people put their suggestions on a, on a kind of a sandbox version of the article. And if a committee of regular art editors decided the edit was worthwhile, then it would find its way into the main article. Otherwise, it wouldn't. And I thought that was a kind of a clever thing. I know a lot of people were very angry about it, but I thought that was kind of clever. Anyway, so those are just some suggestions that I came across. There are lots more. Anyway. Jarova, I know you've been waiting for a while. Uh, well, there's there's two different uh, levels here. Phil's given some very good um, uh, solutions, some very innovative solutions for how to deal with, um, let's say, a constant stream of, of new people coming in who are reiterating a, a familiar point of view, but each new individuals. Um, another side of this that, that uh, one deals with on the mentorship side of things is situations where you've got 
I, I, I hate to say people lining up in teams, but I, it, it, there's arguably this does happen on some of the more bitter disputes. Of uh, on both sides, you've got experienced editors. You have people who know dispute resolution, some of whom are, are you know, serious and sincere, and some of whom um, are not so careful about citing sources and are, are more or less playing the system and there's different opinions on both sides which which individuals fall into which group um, one is that you do have to to know dispute resolution well um, and and use it whenever it's possible um, also you know you want to uh, you want to try to make sure that you've got a clear case if you want to go to a notice board with a request. Um, make sure that it's articulated. Make sure uh, when when good faith is worn thin that you watch your words carefully and, and don't open yourself up to um, uh, your your statement being misconstrued in a negative way. Somebody who's, who's bound and determined to assume the worst still will, but you, you don't want to um, give that more traction than necessary. A good sense of humor is wonderful, but usually best kept off-site. But, you know, sometimes you just have to blow off steam. Um, and it's good to be able to laugh about it a little bit, uh, especially being able to laugh at yourself. Um, I've advised people to, to broaden their entertaining interests. I've advised people to um, create uh, uh, new articles that get onto Wikipedia's main page and the Did You Know feature and good articles and featured content and so forth in order to show, yeah, you know, you're, you're broadening your horizons and you've, you've done some stuff. Although I happen to be mentoring an Israeli editor, I've, I've done um, uh, work on both sides. I, I try to be very, um, very fair about this. I've uh, co-written a good article about Palestinian culture, two featured pictures uh, about Palestinian culture, um, as well as a little bit on the Israeli and or Zionist side. And um, when there was an organized campaign, some people have heard about the, the camera dispute, uh, to influence articles toward an Israeli point of view. I was grateful that the fellow that I was mentoring had nothing to do with it. And I spoke up very strongly uh, against organized, uh, I speak up against any organized campaign to influence uh, articles unfairly toward a certain point of view, no matter what that, that point of view is. And I hope that by having an even hand, uh, when I when I occasionally have to step in, I've got some clout with the, the Palestinian editors as well as with the Israelis. And imperfectly informed. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so my solutions to this problem are, you know, I actually don't think the problem, well, yeah, the problem is bad. But I think as long as you find sources, eventually, you know, I'm sort of, what do they call it, um, a eventualist in the sense, like eventually things will work out. But then again, you know, you have such small crowds on these pages. You have, you know, like three or four people, sometimes five. And so, you know, if you have three who have, you know, if, and usually most of them are pretty biased on one way or the other. And so you end up with real problems. But, um, you know, I kind of want to go back to this whole thing that there is just two sides. And there's the right side and there's the wrong side, as Raul put it, you know, in the intelligent design thing. The, and the one side is just wrong and the other side is just right. And that's just how it is. 
And I think, you know, I think he, in the intelligent design part, he's probably right. I mean, it's not a scientific issue at all. It's a philosophical issue. But, you know, if he's trying to take that and he's trying to apply it to all these cases where scientists do disagree, and one of them has, a, has leverage over the other in, in terms of power and mainstream attention, um, I think that that's not, not too um, honest. And I think that's a lot of where the problem comes from. I mean, we can, I'll, I'll cite an example in orthomolecular medicine. That orthomolecular medicine, pretty much everybody who's being cast, castigated right now, you know, in that field, has a PhD, and they, they know nutrition very well. They started out looking at niacin and trying to treat the schizophrenia, and now they call it schizophreniform disorder or something. It's a sh short-term schizophrenia with niacin and megadoses of niacin. And back then, they weren't able to, it, 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 from what they've said, they were completely ignored. Everything they said was ignored. And, and they ended up um, using niacin on people with just regular schizophrenia. They didn't even consult them when they were doing their studies. And this was back in the 70s and the 60s, and now we currently have a study going on. There, there currently is a study going on for niacin for people with short-term schizophrenia. And um, so you have, you have a lot of issues like this. And now, now you have, um, you know, you have in 2008, there was a cover article on fluoridation, second thoughts about fluoridation. And, and you have a lot of scientific disagreement. There's been disagreement scientifically among scientists for 50 years on fluoridation. And these people have PhDs, and they're, they're, you know, they go to good schools. They've been to good schools. Um, some of them spend a lot of time in um, very prestigious um, institutions. I mean, with lay trial, the first guy who, um, who showed it, had spent, he spent um, like 40 years at the top um, cancer institute in the, in the world. And then he, and he said, and, and I think he was clearly wrong, but... Um, Latrial is this, um, it's, it's like the poison that's in these, these seeds, and there's people in these, um, in, in apricot kernels or in almonds, and it, there's these, a lot of people who think that it, it cures cancer, and it's been going on for like 30 years or something, and it, they've been thinking that it cures cancer since like the early 1900s, and, um, so the people who have promoted it have been this guy, Dean Burke, who spent some time at the National Institute of Health, and this other guy, um, Kanimatsu Siguera, who was at um, the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Institute for, you know, 30, 40 years. And, you know, I think they made some mistakes, but, you know, you can't just, you can't just put it into um, a, a, you know, right-wrong perspective. And, I don't, yeah, I don't know too much about it. I don't know how to pronounce it correctly, even. But um, yeah, I mean, and usually I don't get run into too much trouble when I expose these facts using good sources. So you you go into JSTOR and you find some good sources. You know, I found for um the late trial that Sloan Kettering the whole the whole controversy. I found an article from Science back in the 70s, and that just kind of described the whole incident. But um, yeah, it's still it's still an interesting question. I think imperfectly informed one of the. Um, sorry, I'm going to I'm going to stop because I you know I don't want to take up too much time here. Well, what I was going to say was I think one of the issues you're getting at there is exactly what does neutral point of view mean? What does it mean to include, um, you know, a balanced view of all of the you know differing opinions that's out that are out there on no topic, right? Is there just one opinion? 
really. I mean, that that's pretty rare. So what does that really mean? And I know, Nancy, that you've, you've had a really hard time dealing with that on the, the Roman Catholic Church article. Maybe you can tell us about um, some of your problems handling that and some of the solutions you guys have come up with. Um, okay. I have um, just one thing to say about that. Um, like I said before, um, using the university textbooks helped a lot uh, because it was um, deemed by everyone on both sides to be an example of the mainstream view. Um, some, and not only just in the mainstream view, it's also balance issues. You know, there were some people who came to the page and they were saying things, you know, like, oh, this can't possibly be true. The Roman Catholic Church is a bad institution and you have all these, you know, good things that it did. That, how could that be? And, um, they would bring up examples of certain bad things that the church did and um, going to the university textbooks and seeing what weight did the university textbooks give this instance? Was it something that they dwelled on for pages and pages or was it a sentence? You know, um, and, and that helped a lot uh, in diffusing some of the NPOV. The other thing that I, I had a problem on, and, and this actually has come up in several of the facts, it's uh, one and I, I won't say the name of the fact reviewer, but there's one fact reviewer that keeps asking me to put something in to the article that um, she's saying I'm I'm only presenting one POV, one bias, and I'm not giving weight to another bias. But when I've searched and tried to find a source to support her her bias that she says has to be in there, there are no sources, and I just can't convince this person that I can't put it in the article if nobody says what you're saying. And um, that's been a persistent problem, um, not just with her. There's actually uh, someone on the talk page now that um, even though, oh, this is another thing I want to bring up. Uh, we have had a huge argument over um, the name of the church, not, not just the name, not the name, uh, whether to... The lead sentence says Roman Catholic Church officially called Catholic Church, and there was a big discussion about that. Um, we resolved it by taking a vote. We had 15 editors who it, uh, agreed on the lead sentence the way it is, and there were two editors that disagreed, and I eventually just agreed with whatever the consensus was because I really didn't care what it said. I just wanted something that everybody agreed on. And I, I, uh, but the two that disagreed, um, continue to argue. Uh, and I just keep saying to them, look, you know, we already argued this and we took a vote and consensus said this. I'm not saying that that's a solution, but it helped us come to agreement on what was the one fact that most people agreed upon and then I honestly don't know what to do with the continuing argument with the two that are left. Well this is a, a good example right of what Tim was saying earlier about the lead being so important and the the early sentences that people are debating about and Tim yes you wanted to go next. Yeah this is like Nancy said sometimes when you can't get consensus and a couple of people or even quite a few people just don't agree with at all with what's going on then then i've one time i did try extending the sandboxing thing where you can develop two versions on the talk page say two two points well two weights two sets of sources 
of a particular paragraph. And then once everybody's happy with, quote, their version, then you could call a um, request for comment and bring in outside people and say, well, what do people prefer? Which one, which one do people think meets the uh, requirements? That can be useful for breaking a logjam, but on the other hand, it doesn't, it doesn't really solve the problem. It just kind of suppresses the, the people who will end up in the losing side on the, um, uh, on the request for comment. So that's, that's kind of a high-risk tactic because it really will increase uh, aggravation on the talk page. Uh, the other thing is, Nancy mentioned earlier, very tight writing and quoting people. That's, that's useful. That's a very useful way of dealing with these kind of topics. For example, if um, animal testing was a, a good example of this, uh, also in evolution, if it's like NPO, NPOV policy says, you don't, you state facts, you don't make um, you don't make interpretations instead you say exactly what the source says for example instead of saying evolution is critical for understanding uh, biology you say uh, the national in a 2004 report the National Academies of Sciences stated that evolution is critical for understanding biology that turns an opinion into a fact and although that kind of writing is clunky in the extreme and Oh, it, it, it goes on for paragraphs and paragraphs. Sometimes that's the only way to get the statement into the article in an uncontroversial way. Imperfectly informed. Okay, I'll try to remain uh, calm as I talk about this. But, you know, requests for comment, I think there's a real problem in this encyclopedia because we have so many requests for comment and then they require all this background knowledge and it's really hard to get into them and so I don't I don't, I don't think they gather as much um, they're, they're as useful as people say because we just have such a small population on Wikipedia and um, you know I, I originally I think I came to orthomolecular medicine when Tim was doing a request for comment on the lead and he had two proposed versions of the lead and uh, I don't know if I commented but I did notice that a couple people in the in the in the eight or nine people who were who were commenting said, you know, I don't like either of these versions. But, um, you know, I'll go with one. And so whenever you give somebody a choice of language, there's a chance that, you know, they're not going to like either of them, and that, that leaves you with trouble to some degree. Um, you know, the, the real contentious thing on orthomolecular medicine was that Tim kept on putting this, these statements from this guy named William Jarvis who said orthomolecular medicine is food fatism and quackery. And we had a, a statement right before that that said the AMA, said, the American Medical Association says there's no evidence for any of these things. So I was sort of on the, I, I, I feel neutral end where I was saying we have the, the neutral statement that says this stuff doesn't work. Do we need to put in food fatism and quackery? I mean, do we need to go that far? Can we just put it in, in the body of the article? And it was very contentious because, um, you know, the, this guy, the Nautilus, who is like a diehard orthomolecular guy, was just blowing up over this language. And, you know, Tim was actually, he was pretty reasonable. I mean, he let us put in a pretty, pretty not good review of um, nutritional treatments for, um, for um, 
mental illnesses and stuff and, and diseases. And, it, you know, looking back on that article, I don't think it was a very good article, and I probably wouldn't even put it in the top. But um, that was – so that's interesting. I just think, you know, requests for comment don't work very well. And even when you, you have a bunch of people saying different things, and which one do you choose, you know? Um, and I, I use the notice boards, and Tim is able to get a good good traffic to his request for comments because he people know him, and he puts it puts it up on the Medicine Wiki project, and everybody everybody's willing to to comment. Um, but you know, the regular people um, have not had that good of luck. And I I mean, I'm trying to get some comments on cer- certain things, and I'm not having a whole lot of luck. But anyway, okay, Raul. Um, yeah, I think just following up on on what was just said um, with RFCs, you you they they're kind of a symptom of a different issue, which is that um, controversial articles they tend to become less plastic, they tend to get hardened, and that that every every change becomes a significant one, dis- requiring discussion on the talk page, and that I mean that really does tend to sap a lot of energy from the contributors, uh, and I I think that that's one issue that. That I mean, it's obvious to everyone who does it, but it may not be obvious to someone on the outside. Is that I mean, you know, you're, that the overhead, you know, if, if you know, a five a five word change in the article requires five hundred words on the talk page. Yes, I mean, I think you can see this if you start to read the archives of controversial articles. So, for example, someone once wanted to change the first sentence of the homeopathy article at one point so that it did say alternative medicine, that that homeopathy was part of alternative medicine. At another point, someone wanted to change it to say that it wasn't part of alternative medicine. And there is page after page after page of discussion about that one word. And then, you know, the, the editors at that time come to a consensus and a change, you know, that small just erupts sort of onto the talk page, I think is a good example of that. Um, so we need to start um, wrapping up, and if people could talk about maybe some um, of the issues that actually haven't come up yet here, I mean, I think we're going to have to have a, a second podcast, because I know, for example, we haven't talked about a lot of the civility issues that get raised in various, um, like, ARBCOM cases. Um, that would be one example of something I thought of. We haven't talked about the blocking and banning of, of editors that goes on. Uh, for example, a lot on these talk pages. Um, other other issues that we haven't yet addressed that you think would be particularly important. Uh, let's start with Nancy. Um, I did write something getting ready for this this conversation because um, our facts at Roman Catholic Church have really been ugly. Um, the last fact was better, and I'm not completely innocent of ugliness in the whole process and that was part of my learning experience too so um but if you look at the first three facts you know i mean people were saying some really mean things but both sides and um the last fact was better but i think there's certain things that could be done to improve the fact process for both sides and i wrote these down um on the nominator side uh, at least for me, and I don't speak for any other controversial articles, it would help me if the fact page could be a place where only I answer the reviewer's comments. Um, as helpful as many of the other people's comments are, there are some comments that 
really, really strike the heart of the people on the page and and turn it into an ugly fest. And um, I really think in my next fact, I'm going to ask if I can just be the only person that responds to the reviewer. And if anyone else wants to respond to the reviewer, you know, maybe have a separate section on the talk page for each reviewer and then any outside discussion by other editors can happen there. And that way the fact page won't become cluttered with, uh, I mean, the last fact, you know, there was several place, several uh, fact reviewer comments that, you know, really turned into long, long discussions that really I thought were unnecessary and unhelpful. Uh, on the other side, on the FAC, on the Wikipedia organization side, it would be nice, I think, to have one of the FAC criteria be that reviewers have to be civil. You know, if you read some of the reviewer comments that are coming at me, you know, these are very provocative, very unhelpful, very uncivil. I can't believe sometimes the things that people say when they come to review the page. And it doesn't really help me have respect for their comments if they come at me right away with some insulting, you know, comment. Um, anyway, I just think it would be helpful to the fact process to have some rules that people are expected to follow on both sides. And Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Raul, I believe you wanted to respond. Yeah, um, I guess because I'm in charge of the fact, I, I would be the natural one to respond to those comments. Um, the, to, to respond to her first point, uh, which is to that there should be a requirement that that comment, that essentially fact not devolve into a forum, but that it, that it be more... Um, uh, nominator and community, you know, back and forth. I mean, that I can I can do that by fiat if if that's what you really think would be would be necessary to get Roman Catholic a Roman a nomination of Roman Catholic Church to the point where you think it could be promoted. I think I think that could be done, you know, relatively easily. Um, in terms of the fact criteria, they apply to the article, not the nomination process. So that that would not happen. Um, the criteria, you know, they speak only to the article, not about how it goes about becoming a featured article. Um, did you have a third point that I forgot that I missed? I'm sorry, I had to turn my microphone on. Um, no, I'm sorry, um, I didn't mean fact criteria. Um, on the fact, on the section of the fact page where it lists the fact criteria, or, or at least where it points you to the fact criteria, it also has sort of some rules for the reviewers. Yeah, the um, rules of the road for how the, the featured article candidates page work, yes. So you right. think that they should emphasize civility more? Absolutely. I mean, they should, and I at first I said there should be a minimum level of civility in my little written thing, but then I realized, you know, they should be expected a maximum level of civility. And I, I want to bring this out a little more because, you know, I used to work for, a big accounting firm, and I used to have to deal with, um, you know, presidents of companies and their employees. And as an auditor, I was involved in many different controversies, and I really had to, you know, resolve these conflicts with these people. And, you know, off half the people, I shouldn't say half, more than half of the people I've met on Wikipedia are college students who are studying to go out into the business world. You know, this is going to be helpful to them if they are expected to be 
professional when they come to the fact page. The fact page is not like the rest of Wikipedia. I'm just saying this is how it, I would do it if I were running Wikipedia. I would say the fact page is for people who are intelligent, professional, have something valuable to say about this article that is coming to fact, and you're expected to act professional. That's my suggestion. Raul, did you have anything else to add? Oh, sorry, I muted my microphone. Um, well, I, I would be interested in talking with Nancy more about what, uh, just to see some specific examples of what she thought were incivility on the fact. But I, we, we could probably deal with that, you know, uh, on, on, on Wiki would probably be the best place to deal with that. Phil. Okay. Uh, yes, I was I was going to uh, just point out there have been a couple of efforts to try to deal with um, some some issues growing out of these controversial articles, such as civil POV pushing. I'd like to mention Raoul's uh, commendable effort, which has been going on somewhat slowly uh, recently, and also um, before that, uh, Raymond Ritt also was collecting some ideas. I I have also uh, written maybe half a dozen or a dozen articles examining controversial articles from different aspects with other other kinds of suggestions. Uh, there really isn't time in this to go into them all in detail and discuss them, but that's why I think it's, a, it's an excellent idea. I would definitely wholeheartedly applaud your idea to have one or more uh, on this topic because it is so crucial and so important, and um, it's... Um, it's an important part of Wikipedia that a lot of people don't realize much has much to do uh, that, that that goes on, and it also has a problem with the uh, attrition of many of our best and most experienced uh, editors, or or trying to attract people from outside. They they run into uh, controversial articles or behaviors associated with controversial articles, and they just leave. And so I, I would say that's a good idea to address this in further talks because it just really isn't enough space in one short meeting to talk about it all. Tim. Okay. Um, one thing we probably haven't touched on is that when you have a controversial topic, sometimes the articles, after a lot of work, they tend to focus on the controversy and they fail to describe the article topic in general they they're just they're not general encyclopedia articles they are articles about um say the, the controversy surrounding a topic uh i've seen that uh, at the moment in the article on genetically modified organisms and embryonic stem cells where you know if you read the articles you're you're still not all that further forward about understanding exactly what it is people are arguing about. It's And sometimes when you're faced with these very controversial articles, the background is the easiest part to write. Everybody agrees what's happened about the history and the, well, probably not in, uh, so in, in all topics, but if you fill in around the controversial topic, then you can have kind of get some space and have people working together. And then, yeah, then the controversy can sometimes fade into the background a little bit more. Um, a suggestion someone made is that if you're feeling brave, you take a controversial topic, you put it up for a good article, 
or you put it to a featured article, and you hope that the feedback from people who don't know about the controversy, saying, well, come on, tell us about the topic. Who are these people? What are they arguing about? We'll snap people out of uh, uh, the ruts they've got in and get on with talking, uh, talking about the topic and giving, uh, writing a good encyclopedia article. All the irony, right? All the effort being put in to, to working on the article, and yet still, the the general reader who comes gets <laughs> it's confused. still no use to anybody, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, okay, Jarova. Uh, well, first, I wanted to say, and maybe this will this will just be the point for now, is that I've had uh, I've I've had significantly better results from um, article content requests for comment in terms of resolving things, and I think that's partly because I spent several months when I was uh, answering large numbers of, of requests for comment myself, and there are certain ways of structuring them that are more likely to get uh, a good response. Have you have you managed to express the problem? Or, or get to the essence of it in, in under 12 words, or is it some sort of sprawling request? Um, is it well delineated uh, within an orderly page? If, if what you see is uh, 100 kilobytes of quarrels with a one little column for request for comment buried somewhere two-thirds down, um, most people are just going to shy away from that. But if you've got something that's uh, that's that's well organized, that's um, that's topical, that states the problem neutrally, and then each side, there's usually two, um, tries to summarize their point in in one paragraph. Sometimes you can get really good responses, and and sometimes when you've got someone reasonable, basically reasonable, but has a personality conflict. They'll listen, but they just don't want to listen to the person they're already talking to. Or maybe sometimes, you know, a, a new set of arguments and a new perspective comes in that shuffles people out of their ruts, out of their uh, uh, comfortable paradigms, and, and gets them uh, looking at the issue in new ways. I've, I've found that if a content request for comment is well structured and well put together, it can get very good results. Imperfectly informed. Okay, I think um, you know. I think what happens in controversial articles is that people can end up getting bogged down by a couple sentences. You know, as has been said already, and they start not thinking about um, the actual article and what you would do in a normal article is just do your research, put the information in, and and you're done. And you just start um, you start doing the work. And so I think in a lot of these articles, you end up nobody does the research. Um, the people, because people on both sides are just interested in getting the research that they want. They're interested in getting the the posi position they they want in the article. So I've seen this countless times. You know, in the orthomolecular medicine article, we still don't have the original randomized controlled studies, which were published in the 70s. I don't have access to them. Tim doesn't have access to the ones I've found, and so we don't have those in the article. And so it's it's kind of like we have just a, a bad article. And I think you know. It, as long as you get good articles, I mean, good, good um, sources, then there shouldn't be a whole lot of controversy. I mean, I'm running into problems where even good sources, 
you have what I would call wiki lawyering to keep wiki lawyering to keep them out. Um, but you know, good good sources, basic sources, should be included and even briefly. And I think you can you can make a lot of headway just doing that. So um, that's probably it. Just remember that you know you're trying to put good information in the in the article and not try not to get too bogged down by all of the the endless discussion round and round and round going on. Raul. Um, just just to kind of summarize a few points here before we, we uh, close this out. Um, I think this is an important problem because many of our most popular articles are controversial, maybe even most of them, depending on how you define con- the word controversial. Um, getting back to what Phil said, I think that it's another important problem because this tends to burn out, cause you know, cause attrition with many of you know some of our best contributors. They They'll edit on on a, a controversial topic. They'll get you know sucked in, and then a month or two later, they'll say, "I, I can't take this anymore. Editing Wikipedia is no longer fun," and they'll quit. Uh, and and there's another there's another class of people who you know the, the moths is a good way to describe them. These are people who are attracted to controversy, and and they tend to you know burn out for exactly the same reason and only faster. Um, the, if I if I had to to put a to, to, to point a finger as to the to the systemic cause, I would say that it's uh, ambiguity in Wikipedia policy. In that um, NPOV, you know, the neutral point of view policy is is big and nebulous, and everyone uh, has a different spin on how uh, how it should be interpreted. And I don't really see any simple or easy changes on the horizon, um, unless you're prepared to radically change the way that Wikipedia works. I, I think this will continue to be an issue um, you know, all across Wikipedia, and that we're going to end up deciding in the in the, uh, the in the in the least ef- the least efficient way possible, which is on a case by case basis on you know every controversial article on Wikipedia. Well, we'd like to thank um, everybody who came today: Tim Vickers, Phil Scartel, Darova, Raul sixty four, imperfectly informed, and. Um, Nancy Heisey, so that we could get an idea of what it's like to edit controversial articles and proffer some solutions. Um, again, it's been a pleasure having all of you, and we thank you for taking out um, your time to come and discuss all of this with us. Um, and hopefully, again, uh, we can have a part two where we can discuss some of the topics here that we've mentioned that we haven't gotten to because this is such um, a sort of wide-ranging topic. So thank you all for listening um, to the Wiki Voices podcast, and um, we hope that you'll listen to our other podcasts. Thanks.